five, six, seven, eight. Open a channel. Open a channel. Open a channel. Open a channel. Open a channel to all decks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special discussing trek where we're going to bring on our favorite Who historian, Cal Jones, along with our relativity expert, writer, director, all things relativity, Lee Shackelford. But we're going to talk a little bit of Lower Decks. And the reason we're going to have this conversation is most of the Discussing Trek crew have not been too, let's say, um, uh, high on Lower Decks. But alas, we have a different <laughs> point of view. High on Lower Decks. <laughs> Are you saying we have to be high to like Lower Decks? <laughs> That might, in fact, be true, but Lee is yeah. going to tell us otherwise. <laughs> well, all I can say is that I've been enjoying it, but uh, that doesn't mean anybody else will or should. But uh, Well, yeah. I mean, a, a lot of, I mean, honestly, a lot of people really love Lord Dex. I see it on Twitter. I see it on Facebook, but I'm just having a little trouble understanding what it is. So, therefore, why, I go to you, to you, sir. Understanding, understanding why people like it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah, I hmm. yeah, it, I guess it is hard to always hard to put your finger on comedy, especially when it's kind of irreverent. Well, it's, it's not really irreverent. I think that's actually part of what I like about it. I'm a fan of the classic series. You know, I mean, I I, I saw the first episode when it aired the first time. You know, so uh, I have been um, the only person I know who's been a a Trekkie longer is Chris Hunter, but that's only because his father was Jeffrey Hunter, you know? So <laughs> apart from him, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've been a Trekkie longer than anybody else I know. But, um, and um, I, I was worried about Lower Decks when they said that it was going to be um, um, humorous and that it was going to be about what goes on, you know, with the uh, the people who, who keep the plumbing running and so on. I thought, yeah, I could see this as being kind of a, uh, extended fart joke. And I just, you know, so I went into it wincing. And what I saw instead was uh, loving reference and not just fan service, but, but taking things from the original series and from Next Generation and um, sort of asking reasonable questions about them. It's, it's like, it's like what Marvel's doing with What If right now. It's sort of like, well, well what would happen if. <laughs> If they went yeah. back to that planet again, or if, or if somebody really took these things seriously, and they said it in a time where these young people, these are people who've just come from academy, and as cadets, they have been told all the stories about Captain Kirk and Mister Spock, and about you know uh, all of the exploits of the original Enterprise, and and some of them think. Um, that they could do better in the same circumstances. Yeah. But most of them are just in awe. And uh, which, of course, is sort of how I feel <laughs> as mm. somebody in the audience. So I love the idea of people in the universe, in canon, who feel the same way. Um, so I think that's, that's just great fun. Um, and since we know this sort of takes place in about the same time as... Well, help, help me out, Clarence, if you've, if you've really looked into this. Where are they chronologically? They... So it's going to be sometime after the, was Nemesis the last movie? Yeah, Nemesis movie and before yeah. Picard. So somewhere in that area. 
Okay. Yeah. Because, because that crew is definitely still out there. Yeah. And I think a lot of us have just been sort of holding on. If you enjoy the series to see if we're ever going to run into, you know, maybe Will Riker possibly. Mm, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, um, because we know he's still out there and, uh, so, you know, to, to me, there's just a lot of kind of punch the air moments about that. But I, I genuinely like the, the tension between, uh, Boimler and, um, Mariner because we can feel that she's wrong. Oh, she's so a bad wrong. girl. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's a bad girl and she's getting away with stuff and we know why. Yeah. Um, but, but she is being punished. The fact, the, the thing is, it doesn't stick. They keep tossing her in the brig, and it just has no effect on her. And I think we all know people like that. Um, and the the approach avoidance to her that Boimler has feels very real to me. I I've I feel like I've been in this this kind of relationship before. That girl is trouble. I wonder what she's yeah. up to. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. let me ask you this, and I need help. I really need yeah. help. <laughs> so so I mean I, I I I'm asking you pleading with you for help because as much as I love Tootie and I and I know where you got that from because I was right there with the facts of life with uh, there's going to be some trouble I get it and I love yeah. it <laughs> but for this person I said in my um in my synopsis last night that I think Lower Decks offers an opportunity to either see a comedic take on the franchise or even see the Star Trek universe in a different light. But shining that light through the eyes of a self-indulged, immature, and irritating brat is not the mm -hmm. best route. Help me. How do I not see her as a self-indulged, immature, and irritating brat? But she is. And wh th this was actually something that people, that, that writers were struggling with. Well, by the time I, I came around on Next Generation, they had kind of clamped the rule book down, you know. So the writer's guide that I got would explain some of this in pretty sharp detail. But in the previous seasons, like when they were developing the show, there were fights. And I, my understanding, screaming, yelling fights mm. among the writing staff about Gene Roddenberry's idea that in the time period of Next Generation – well, this is actually what the writer's guide says. And so this is, you, you can bleep this if you have to, but this is word for word what's in the writer's guide. They're just like us, except they have their shit together. Mm. That by this point, there there's no interpersonal strife among the crew. We're not going to have Dr. McCoy saying, why well, you green-blooded, inhuman, pointy, <laughs> ear, you know, nobody's going to talk to each other like that because we have grown beyond it. And he, he really wanted that to be the vision of the future where people have learned to get along with each other. The problems, the challenges for them are going to be out there, you know, and people are going to be different and uh, uh, in all the wonderful ways that we are. But we've just learned to not fight with each other all the time. And there were people who, well, there were, there were writers who quit before the show ever went on the air. The people who had been groomed to be part of the creative team who just said, nobody wants to see a show where, where, no, where everybody gets along. Um, so that fight went back and forth <laughs> over to some degree, really throughout the run of the show. Um, and, um, leading Rick Berman to say, 
You know what I wish we could do is Casablanca. I'd like to do a show that's set in one location, but it's in the Star Trek universe, but all these villains can come and go, you know? <laughs> and we, our, our central cast, maybe they all get along just fine, but we just like to be surrounded by these, you know? And that's really sort of where Deep Space Nine came from. Yeah. Um, and... Because on the Enterprise, you know, all you can do is sort of hope you're going to run into somebody who's going to be a problem week after week. Um, and yes, not is all gray. <laughs> that's right. Gray yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, it, it, I, I think it's not a coincidence that they had this sort of idea that the uh, the local constabulary, that the police, literally changes shape and form. You know, yeah. it's like, who am I supposed to trust? I don't even know if that's him right now. I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so those kinds of ideas. And, and I think some of the writers in the Star Trek franchise are still struggling with that. And, and so it's like, this is a wish dream. What if we had a story that really centered around somebody who is just plain up to no good? And it's not because they're a bad person. It's just because they don't like playing by the rules. And being in the lower decks means you have to play by the rules. This is where you learn what the rules are. If you're serious about this, you have to. But she's not going to. That's dramatic tension. That's really interesting from a dramatic point of view. It, It makes her an unlikable character sometimes. Maybe most of the time. 99.999. No, maybe 99. Yeah. That, that she's just infuriating. And we can sort of join with Boimler and the rest and sort of, you know, clutch our temples and go, oh, no, here we go. Oh. <laughs> here we yeah. go again. But she's she's Loki. Yeah. God of mischief. <laughs> yeah. You know, and we don't blame him for that. Well, I mean, obviously we do. <laughs> she hasn't killed Coulson. You know. <laughs> but uh you know, so I, I, yeah, I do. I find her annoying as hell, but, uh, but, but I understand what's going on there, and I, and I, I can enjoy it week after week. Yeah. It's also fun when it, when things blow up in her face. I, I think we really got to enjoy that. Mm. So what you're telling me is, I just need to look for bad things to happen to Mariner and enjoy that. <laughs> I, I can it's get the on best that. Part. Yeah, I, absolutely. I can get on that. Okay. Well, well for, well, for me, though, I, I, by the end of last season, I had really started to get on board because I think at the end we got three, two to three fantastic episodes to cap off the season with. But we just started the next season. It felt like, you know, I, I <laughs> part of the thing that drew me to Star Trek is the structure, is the um, the way Starfleet slash the Federation um, operated. Everybody yeah. has the role and to see just this totally different, well, not a different take, but a few apples within that take just be totally um, opposed to following any of those rules. It just makes me itch and squirm and maybe it's supposed yeah. to. I don't know. But, oh, man, I'm having a hard time. with, with <laughs> When you put it that way, it makes me wonder that I, there's some because <laughs> I don't know how much I believe in, in blood and ancestry and things like that, but, but my people are, are British, you know, going back many generations. And I do find an affinity for the British sense of humor. And I, uh, so I watch things like uh, the Blackadder and uh, Faulty Towers. And sometimes I, I try to share them with people and they just look at me like I'm nuts and say, that's not funny because that guy's terrible. I think, no, but that's why that's funny. 
Because what we're saying is, oh, no one would ever do that. Oh, but he did. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't believe he did that. Yeah. You know? And if that's and if and if you don't think that's funny, then um, you know uh, it, it's it is maybe it is just a predisposition because I I can I can put Mariner in the same category with Blackadder and Basil Fawlty or, or any of these other people who who you feel like are just trying to be who they are, but they're terrible. They're terrible, yeah. terrible people. That's interesting. That's interesting. <laughs> I, I don't know. So maybe. Is it because I'm trying to make her have redeeming qualities? Because I love Basil Fawlty. I think he's hilarious. Yes, but but we're, nothing in the world is ever going to change him. He he that that's who he's going to be to his to his deathbed, right? Mm. We're we're not waiting for him to get better, and, and we've seen Blackadder die over and over and mm-hmm. over again, <laughs> unrepented. You know, he gets worse as time I goes. I think that's by. my problem. I'm I'm waiting for Mariner to get better. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, my brain. But if yeah. you look at it from the perspective of she's never going to get better, I'm curious if next watch that changes how I react to her. Yeah. Or here's an intriguing thought: Is the reason why her mother treats her with the light hand that she does because when she was Mariner's age, she was exactly the same way? It's quite possible. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Something to think about. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think sort of the joke here, the the, the big joke of the, the the basic premise is that it, not every ship can be the Enterprise. So true. Yeah. When when Kirk says, you know, we we have a good ship and the best crew in the fleet, he's not kidding. He really means it. <laughs> he really means it. So so what does that leave everybody else? You know, somewhere out there, there has to be the Cerritos. Yeah. And and even what we see from um, Baumler uh, being on Riker's ship, the Titan, and him just that short clip of basically just freaking out because yeah. <laughs> if you're on the flagship, you have to deal with flagship problems. Exactly. <laughs> it was a lot more comfortable back there, you know. Yeah, I haven't seen you know the next episode, but I I do wonder if he's going to hit the escape pod here. <laughs> I liked it better. Yeah, a little less stressful. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Now, now, uh, so what are your thoughts about uh, about Prodigy? Ooh. I am so waiting for Prodigy. To me, yes. it's hitting all the tones that you know. Okay, we knew Lord Dex was a comedy, so I probably I'm not a big comedy person. So honestly, I'm yeah. not. I'm probably would never like that anyway, or not love yeah. it anyway. But man, Prodigy just looks like a love letter. It really does. Mm-hmm. It, it to me, it feels like the Clone Wars, the Star Star Wars Clone Wars equivalent um, in the Star Trek universe. Yeah. And the fact that you got Kate McGrew on reprising her role, and yeah, I've I've seen the voice cast at the Comic Con preview they had. Uh, they all seem pretty cool. But it is a kid show. It is said to be a kid show. So it doesn't feel like it. Yeah, well, so we'll see. Visually, it's beautiful, but we'll see where it goes from there. It's supposed to be a kids' show. So is Doctor Who. Yeah, <laughs> it's well, tea time. <laughs> I just have three words. Three words to answer your question. I'm hmm. Catherine Janeway. That yeah. exactly. says enough for me. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Love her yep. so much. Yes. You've given me stuff like- to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Still don't like her, but no. you're giving me stuff. To <laughs> but think you're not supposed to. Uh, well, thanks, yeah, Lee. Seriously. I really appreciate you um, uh, giving us a different side or point of view. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, 
it's, it's feel good free to, to disagree. You know, it's yeah. I'm, I mean, our friend Matthew loved it too. So, um, oh good. I may invite invite him on at some point to hear his thoughts as well. But um, yeah, definitely hear good to hear. Um, someone speak positively because you know I feel like something's wrong with me because I don't love it. I see so many people nope. that really, really love. You can't show, like so. everything. Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe. Your traveling companions are fellow fans of Doctor Who. That's right, it's the podcast Discussing Who, exploring the worlds of Doctor Who, past, present, and future. Find out more at DiscussingWho.com. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. There's gonna be trouble!